Hey y'all, I'm April and you're listening to the All on the Table podcast, a safe place where we invite you to lean into the tension of diversity by holding space for authentic, hard conversations about the world around us. There is nothing off the table when we're willing to put it all on the table. Hey everyone, welcome to the All on the Table podcast. My name is April and I'm so happy you're tuning in. I'm here with some amazing women I do life with, and I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Are you guys ready to leave it all on the table? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So this episode was inspired um, and really came right up into my heart by a woman named Jess Connolly, and she's a pastor, she's an author, and she was promoting her book called Breaking Free from Body Shame. Don't worry, we're going to link that in the podcast description, and I'm going to be talking about it a lot in the Facebook group, so you can know where to find her and the book. Anyways, um, really the way that she was speaking about her body and just talking about body shame and just the culture around it and even talking about it from a kingdom perspective. I had never heard anybody have such confidence um, in talking about their body and loving it shamelessly. I think in this culture it can be really like, I don't know, normal to talk bad about our bodies in, in certain ways. And we even like just get in a little circle as women and just like, yeah, I don't like this and I don't like that. And and it's just really, honestly, it's not healthy. And so she really shines a light on that. And so encountering her gave me language for what me and so many other women, and I'm sure men, but I'm a woman, so I can only speak to that, (laughs) have battled our whole lives. And so I just want you to be reflecting on this. And I want you to know what I want you to come away from um, during our discussion. I want you to begin the journey to viewing and treating our bodies, your body, differently and actually loving them, seeing them from a kingdom perspective. And then I want us to begin asking God what he says about our bodies, because I believe he has a lot to say about it. So um, one of the questions that Jess posed, and then also I feel like God was posing to me was, do I really believe that my body is unconditionally good? Now, I think most of us have heard like that verse in Genesis where God finished creating that the world and he was like, it's very good. And we're like, okay, next chapter. And I don't think we realize that he's actually talking about us too. Like we are good. I don't, I never thought about it in reference to like my body. Of course we heard we're made in the image of God and, and all of that, but I never like married it to, oh, this is actually me, my body, my soul, my spirit, all of it combined, he's talking about me. And so I want you to think like if you were sitting across from me right now and we had some coffee or chips and salsa because I don't drink coffee, (laughs) um, I'd rather have chips and salsa. Um, What would you say if I looked at you and said, your body is good, God says your body is good, and it was made good from the very beginning? What thoughts pop up in your mind? I think for me, I was like, uh, like when I read that in the book, when I heard that question in my heart, I was like, okay, yeah, my body will be good when I lose this much weight or when I can look like this or any of that, like that's when my body will be good. Um, but actually I, I was wrong and I realized, man, I'm not loving my body conditionally. Like if it was good from the beginning and it's always good, that means it's good right now. Um, And so I realized that I started using my body as a measure of worthiness. Um, I think 
as a type A personality or as a type three Enneagram achiever, um, I used a lot of things to measure worthiness, academics or approval or people loving me, whatever, um, beauty. And so my body was also one of them. And a lot of my own quest for worthiness was driven by fear. And so I remember the first time there was kind of a if uh, a if then statement over my body, meaning like, if you look like this, then you'll be like this. The first time I encountered that, I was about um, nine or 10 years old. And I was a part of just this activity that I absolutely loved and passionate about. And um, the per- one of the people over it looked at me and said, you know, you're not going to be able to do this anymore if you don't lose weight. And she like patted my stomach. And I was just like, oh, like I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, you know, I was 10. And so, of course, my parents were there for me and, and all that stuff. Um, but I think that was the first time, like, it subconsciously was like, oh, like, if I don't do something, if I don't, if I'm not smaller, there will be ramifications. But if I am, then there will be rewards. Um, I also remember my first boyfriend um, in college. Um, I remember he, like, picked me up or something, and then he sat me down, and he was like, you know, you, you felt a little heavy. You know, you felt a little heavier. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, and so then like the next day I'm like getting on the treadmill, like running, like, oh my gosh, she's going to break up with me because I'm getting fat. Granted, I probably only gained like eight pounds, like 10 pounds. And I was not big at all. Um, But in my head, that was another, oh, ping, like, if then statement, your body needs to be like this in order to receive love. So um, that caused me to really view my body from a place of fear and anything I did like concerning exercise food how I looked at it was being fearful of being bigger or being unattractive or whatever so um I would love to bring Michaela in my friend Michaela and I would love for you to speak to your experience with the fear that is often behind some of the harmful ways we treat our bodies I love just you sharing your story and I think it really does highlight the fact that fear is such a common denominator, such a common denominator. I am eight months pregnant right now uh, with second baby. (laughs) So just giving you the real time, um, as much as I have had victory in this journey and have really um, walked through a transformation process myself with my body and my relationship with food and my relationship with like truly loving myself still throughout this, you know, pregnancy, I, I was sitting there going, Michaela, get it together. Why, why are you having to battle a thought here and there or even a day where you feel like, oh my goodness, you know, um, this, I shouldn't be feeling this way towards myself when, and, and so many women deal with this, the fear of even getting pregnant, the fear of, um, you know, postpartum, the fear, you know, of hating their bodies, of feeling like they won't measure up, like that everyone will praise them and think they're beautiful when they're pregnant. And then as soon as they, um, you know, as soon as they have the baby, then they're saying, you know, oh, you need to lose that baby weight, you know, or that kind of thing, or even this measurement of success when our, you know, genetics play a big part in that. And it's like, wow, you lost that baby weight in two weeks. It's like, girl, that, that baby, (laughs) that woman had a great genetic code, you know? (laughs) And so, um, you know, obviously there's, there's things we can be intentional with, but, um, it's just such a big amount of pressure on women. And that goes back to 
our stories. You know, it, it doesn't start when we're pregnant. It doesn't start when you were in college. Like, like you said, it started way back when, when you were, you were a little girl. And so, you know, I think that yesterday we got a really big, um, we were, well, I'll say I was crying, (laughs) (laughs) sharing my story (laughs) and we were going around the room and definitely had some tender moments sharing, um, with each other, Mm -hmm. um, our stories. And I think the realization that I had was that first of all, our journeys with and how we view our bodies were deeply shaped by the way we were raised and the people who we came in contact with, whether that be that our bodies were noticed and talked about by peers or family members, whether we were treated with respect, praised and celebrated, or, you know, if we were noticed in an unhealthy or uncomfortable way, um, you know, maybe by a man in our family or or something like that, um, or like a boyfriend or, you know, just some random stranger at yeah. the store, you know, um, even if, you know, we were treated with contempt or even abuse, you know, yeah. um, like all of these things really can deeply shape our view of our bodies and our relationship with our bodies, whether we love or hate our bodies or celebrate them. And the biggest common denominator is fear and it being, you know, being too much or not enough and feeling unworthy mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. unworthy of ourselves. Like even this standard of if we don't lose this amount of weight or if we don't look this way, even like our own standard, like not even saying I have to compare myself to this other person. A lot of people are like, okay, I'm not going to be anybody else. But we have this standard Mm -hmm. in our mind of Mm -hmm. like, but my standard for myself is if I don't lose this weight, I'll never be enough. Or if I don't, uh, you know, work out this many times a week or eat these many calories, like it's such a paralyzing fear. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you for sharing. Um, Something that I thought about when you were saying like, you know, we're never enough or we're not enough. We're in between that not enough or am I good enough or am I too much? Um, And then we also have this this person in our head, whether it's like imaginary, whether this person is real or something we've made up or even maybe someone in the past that you used to be. Like, I don't know how many women are like, I used to Mm -hmm. be this in high school, which can I just say like, Please don't strive to be the way you were in high school. Yeah. Like, it's just not, it's not normal. You were like a kid. Um, but anyways, um, I thought about that, and I thought about how much comparison is such a huge obstacle um, to the way that we view our bodies, like viewing our bodies in a healthy way. And I think for me, like, I love social media, but if you keep scrolling, you'll be like, oh, wow, they have they look great in that bikini or like they have a larger this or a larger that and then even from that we start piecing together like the like our own personal barbie Mm -hmm. like the perfect woman Mm -hmm. and so in our minds and we want to be like her and so miss tava i would love for you to speak on like how have you personally seen comparison become an obstacle to loving our bodies wow so um you know uh, social media has really only been a thing for ten, about 10 years, yeah, maybe 12. But before then, obviously, people cared about the way they look. That's important, you know, that, that we uh, love ourselves. If we love ourselves, we're going to care, you know, about whether we're our best version of ourselves. We're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to, you know, yeah. um, just dressed appropriately to certain occasions, whatever the case may be. So I think that's a very positive, healthy thing that's wired into us. Uh, but then I think at the core of everything is that our desires to be loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so therefore, if we equate being loved with being able to achieve something that always seems just outside of our grasp, then it creates a lot of internal anxiety. And it is such a sinkhole uh, or a vortex that's so difficult Mm. to get out of because you're not as cognizant of what's happening internally because you you think you're just kind of living amongst people and trying to be uh, positive about things, but instead you have something happening in this subconscious level that can so demean who we actually are as a person. So back when I was in junior high, uh, what we had was called slam books. Y'all may not have heard of these things, but they were uh, spiral notebooks, and there were questions that you turned from page to page, like, what's your favorite color? Um, What is your favorite band that you listen to or whatever? But it was so interesting that you would pick your, you would give yourself a number and you would answer it as you turn through the pages. And you couldn't wait to get it back to see how many people complimented if your name was in the book. Wow. Mm. What did that mean? That meant affirmation. (laughs) Mm. I am loved. I have met a standard. Mm. That means that I'm seen and I fit in, and in whatever way, I'm bringing something to the table. And beauty has become something that is so unattainable to just uh, because of what, like you said, April, this collage that comes to mind for each individual person, that even the most uniquely, truly beautiful person still sees herself as not measuring Mm -hmm. up. It is crazy. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. Um, I wanted to kind of like draw out what you said about our desire to be loved mm. and kind of that that just inward desire of just wanting to be loved and accepted for exactly who we are. And there's a quote um, in the book, uh, Breaking Free from Body Shame. And it says, am I doing this to love her, meaning your body? She was calling, mm. she's calling her body a her. Am I doing this to love her or to make her into something mm. I can love? Yeah. And so I think with all the things we've been talking about, there is this, like this hum, like you're talking about, like the, like the subconscious hum of like, okay, like I really want to love my body, but it's like, mm. I want to love my body, but, or I love my body, but. And so... What if we just settled into the reality that, like, this is already, my body is already something that God mm, loves so and already good. something that yeah. so good. I love. Um, Miss Vicky, we had a really great conversation with you also yesterday, and you just shared a lot about your journey to embracing all of who you are, no matter what anybody else had to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, Go Vicky. I want to know, um, what was the journey like for you to love her? without demanding um, your body to be something that you could love? I think it's so interesting. I love the fact that she um, referenced her body as her. Mm. One of the things that I always tell, I would tell my husband, especially after we had kids, and the kids got all grown up and everything, I, and I would tell my husband, I'm like, honey, I need to introduce you to her. because she's multifaceted right she was mama taking care of kids Mm, you know I had babies Mm. and I wanted to lose weight I wanted to blow up machines at the gym (laughs) because I hated them (laughs) but um you know I, I love the fact that she referenced her because that's the way I see 
me. There's so many different facets to who we yeah. are. And our body is one of them. And I think a lot of times when you focus in on just that one thing and you become obsessed with it, it's hard for you to celebrate the rest. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to celebrate the rest. And so all of those different pieces, you know, we were talking yesterday and, you know, those who know me, I'm giving those who don't know me. Here's my description. Here was the description of me that I used to hear. She's got big lips. She's got skinny legs. She's got big feet. And that's something, you know, so, you you know, there's nothing I can do about these full lips. But <laughs> embrace them. everybody's trying to get them. <laughs> yeah, everybody's trying to get them. <laughs> and, um, and my big old feet, you know, I got size 10s. We have a size 10 club out there. Girls, I'm <laughs> calling to you size 10s in the house. <laughs> but the size 10s. But one of the things I realize is I have to be familiar with who I am Mm -hmm. and not who I've been defined as by others it's like who am I and not who you think I should be or who you say I should be because of your own way of thinking about body you said something really interesting and I think it was something to key in on was whoever it was who told you that you can't do gymnastics because you were a little you need to lose weight tells me that that person had their own issue with body. Oh, yeah. That's and they absolutely. put that issue on you. Mm-hmm. That guy who picked you up and said that you were a little heavy, I would have told him to put me down and I, <laughs> what is See it, kick later. rocks? <laughs> because that person had their own issues yeah. with their body. And a lot of times we have to know that their issue is not our issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, when you start embracing so those imperfections, you know that God created every single solitary piece of those those imperfections. Yeah. And he sees them as good. Yeah. So and good. so that's what I needed to. It was like, I got to embrace me because this is the only me that I have. Mm. I might be familiar. I might look like or, or remind you of somebody, but I'm not that person. I'm me. And so for me, it was whatever you do, I'm going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And whatever I don't do. I'm going to don't do it for me Mm. first Mm -hmm. because then I could show up authentic to those around me and I could speak to them authentically and tell them, you know, if if we were having a conversation about, you know, if somebody asked me, well, how do you see yourself? And, you know, well, you know, or how do you feel about yourself? And we're having coffee. Well, I don't see myself as being perfect, but I do see myself as being amazing. Mm-hmm. and not in an arrogant way because I do see myself as being amazing you are. <laughs> but I can be but I can be a little messed up I don't have to wear makeup I choose to because I choose to do it for me yeah mm-hmm. I, love I choose to do everything that I do I choose to do it for me because it makes me feel good even if it's walking out of the door in some sweats some old my old um what do you call those uggs Okay, okay, Uggs. (laughs) But doing it for me, and that helped to free me up to stop trying to strive to be something that I wasn't. Mm. I love that so much. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And even with you sharing that, I thought about like, because I just got married in November. And so I think for a lot of women or like brides to be, there's this like, oh, oh goodness. I've got to lose weight. I've got to mm-hmm. look a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, 
there was a movie scene that I saw when I was like a teenager and I was like, that's what I'm going to be. I was like, I'm going to be that. So I don't know if you've ever seen Monster in Law. Yeah. Um, I just thought of that. <laughs> yes. It's that yes. movie. So it is, it is a crazy, like it's crazy. I, yeah. Anyways, but it's with JLo and I think Jane Fonda. I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah. yeah. She, she's an amazing actress, but actress, but anyways, in the movie. So, you know, this couple gets engaged and so JLo, she's the fiance. So she's meeting like her betrothed mother. And so they're going out to lunch and Jane Fonda is, a very like you know like a mean girl older woman and so (laughs) so j-lo orders a cheeseburger fries and a coke and she's just like that's what i want and so um the mother-in-law was like oh that's that's pretty bold i guess you're not trying to fit into that wedding dress and she was just like the wedding dress was made to fit me not the other way around Mm -hmm. and so then the mother-in-law's like oh wow you're really confident and she just kind of was like oh and so I saw that scene and I was like, that's going to be me. Um, and thankfully, like no one really like commented on my weight like that, you know. Um, but I made it a point for myself that I was going to get my dress and that was it. And I would just keep doing what I was going to do. Um, and I wasn't going to try to prepare for one day because I just didn't need all of that stress. Ugh, and so yeah. when you say just like doing things for you and embracing mm-hmm. yourself despite like no matter what anyone else says, um, that is, I can also relate to that in that journey um, because there could have been this pressure to be like, oh my gosh, I have to be in the best shape of my life because it's supposed to be the best day ever. But yeah, yeah. Uh, really quick too, yeah. because one of the things that I always, that I always challenge people to say to themselves when they are struggling with their body image or with their, with what they're eating or, or how they see themselves is Am I doing this for other people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I doing this for an individual or am I doing this for myself? You know, just listening to us talk, I just had this thought about how it's such a repercussion of the garden, right? When when Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, they find out they're naked, shame enters in for their bodies yeah. even then. And God says, who told you? Who told who you? Who told you you were naked? That's so funny. And I think it's the yeah. same with wow. with us too. There's always that moment in our life of who told you yeah. that your body's not good enough? Oh, who told yeah. you oh, my goodness. that, you know, that there should be something else you're either, you know, for some people it's not trying to lose weight. It's trying to gain weight, yeah. you know, yeah. for yeah. muscle. Yeah. And I think, really you know, men experience that more so than women. But it's always that question, right? Who told you? And I think... The reason why this topic is so important and that we make peace with ourselves and our bodies is because we're, like you said, we project onto other people, right? Yep. So whatever that question is of who told you, the reason why they're, you know, they've said it to you or other people have made that thing is because someone told them and now they see that way. So the more that we can really get healthy in this, I mean, honestly, I think the less we'll be commenting on each other's bodies, you know, like (laughs) for, for good or better, you know? And I think it just reaffirms, you know, April in the beginning, you talked about how like, just as someone who's, uh, you know, the type of person that you are that like that reaffirmed of like, oh, okay, so in order to have love mm-hmm. or if I'm this way, it's reward or this way, it's yep. there's repercussions. I think it's the same way. Like like all of the culture, all the narrative reaffirms that, right? Yeah. Yep. Like if the, all those comments are going to keep reaffirming that. Yep. And so, you know, it's so important that we get healthy in this so that we're no longer um, projecting that onto others and reaffirming that um, that thought of that you have to be something in order to 
be loved mm-hmm. or to be yeah. worthy or to be whatever it is, you know. And we are that for each other. I think we're that for each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. a part of that being healthy and becoming healthy is for us to realize that we are in this together. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody does say something and you know that they are body shaming themselves and you can hear it, yeah. Yeah. to be able to come right back to them and say, who told you that? Yeah. Because that's not how I see you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the more that I've like started diving into this topic, the more I feel it feels cringy to hear people talk yes. that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, to come back and like recorrect. And, you know, if you're a guy listening to this, I know we're coming from a woman's perspective. But whether you've experienced it on the flip side or there's just things that, you know, like if I get more muscle, then, you know, this will be better. But I also want to like really challenge you and encourage you to think about the women in your life. Maybe you have a daughter, a wife, a mother, a sister, like whoever, but how you can even begin to change that narrative for them, you know, too. And like you said, for each other, I think this crosses gender boundaries Uh, because I think it's not only just in the physical. I think it's. Mm Um, you know, especially if, you know, you're a believer and in the church, like we focus a lot on the spiritual, but God made us spirit, soul, and body. That's right. And yeah. Jesus was both God and man yeah. who had a body, you know? Exactly. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to. Thank you. I really too. love that. And even to you guys' point about keeping each other in check, mm-hmm. something that Jess always says is like, if she sees someone like, or hears someone talking about themselves in a bad way, she'll be like, hey, don't talk to my friend like that. Don't yes. talk to my friend like Thomas that. Thomas actually does that to yeah. me. More of a little, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid, Destiny. Or like, <laughs> yeah. like things like that. He'll be like, hey, don't talk about my wife that way. Yeah. You know, and vice versa, if he's saying mm-hmm. that about us, I'm like, don't talk about my husband that way. So I love that April, yeah. that even yeah. when it comes to the body stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's just something that um, we can keep in check with each other and keep Mm -hmm. each other accountable. Um, And so, of course, in this podcast, we are not going to answer all the questions and everything's not going to be wrapped up in a nice, neat bow. But I do want to kind of delve into what like how do we live like we believe what God says about our bodies? Like how do we live like I have mm-hmm. a, I believe my body's good or I love my body? What does that look like practically? And so a few things that I would that I put into practice when I began the journey to viewing my body from a kingdom perspective is um, just like you guys said, try to speak only good, not only over my body, but others. Like we just Mm -hmm. talked about um, keeping each other in check. But I think also like not even making fun of others in our head or like just, oh man, like I, you know, because I think we can have thoughts or we can even participate in conversations where we're like making fun of somebody who, Maybe, maybe they are super skinny or maybe they are really big. I mean, the range, you know, it's a range Um, and, and not even participating in that. Like I used to look at my pictures when I was like a chubby kid going through puberty and be like, oh, I look like a flat chested walrus, which is (laughs) terrible. And so my mom would say, don't say that um, about yourself. Cause what if your daughter goes through this phase? Like, would you basically like, would you say that to her? And so mm. I've even caught myself like, oh, I'm not gonna say it, speak, yeah. that, speak that over my body and not gonna do that over my body. Um, I will say um, when it comes to food, I've started thinking about what I can add to my plate instead of what I can take away. That's good. Um, so looking at just nourishing the whole body, I, I follow, um, someone on YouTube and she's a nutritionist and she's always doing videos like, oh, how to eat, you know, how to eat, add 
add nutrition to fast food or like what if your favorite snack is cereal like you can put it with some greek yogurt and there's like protein and like healthy fat so Mm -hmm. it's just knowing really knowing nutrition and really realizing like okay it's not about like oh I can't have bread or oh I I can't have a white starchy food or I can't have sugar it's not Mm -hmm. about that um I will say I was a vegetarian for like a year and a half but truthfully honestly I was a vegetarian because I thought like, oh, this is like a surefire, like permanent habit that will help me be smaller, like consistently. (laughs) And it absolutely was not. I was hungry all the time, like all the time. And and so that's just an example of, you know, it's not about restriction. It's Mm -hmm. about listening to your body and, you know eating nutritious meals and also not treating your body like it's super fragile. Like if you have a day where you don't have greens, like you're, you're not going to gain 10 pounds and the world's not going to end. Um, (laughs) um, And also what helped for me was not labeling good or bad foods. I just think there's foods that you should have more of and foods that you should eat sparingly. Like I'm not Mm going to have a Thanksgiving like meal every Mm -hmm. single day, but having it a couple times a year is not the end of the world. So, um, Also, lastly, I have been viewing movement as something I do because it makes me feel good and I love my body versus, oh, I have. I have to do this so I don't get this size. It's so good. Or I have to do this so I look this way because then it becomes a chore and mm-hmm. you miss out on yep. all of like the happy endorphins or just the fact that it gets you up early in the morning or whatever it adds to your routine. Um, and I think it also frees us to do the kind of movement that makes us feel good. Like mm-hmm. if you like to dance or do Zumba or ride mm-hmm. your bike. I know someone who just takes walks and that's what they yeah. do and they hate the gym and, and that's what they love and that's okay. So like, really like redefining all of these little boxes that we've put yeah like our treating our body into so it's like a focus shift yeah a focus shift yeah you're talking about that because there are some there are some folks that have um health issues that their diets are restrictive there's certain things that they can and can't eat and so Knowing that, you know, if you're diabetic, you're not going to go on a sugar binge exactly. and go bananas because you know it won't be healthy you. Yeah. for you. But not kind of like not treating um, food mm-hmm. as the enemy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and not focusing in on it in a negative way, but yeah. making it a positive part of mm. your life because we all got to eat to live. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so make it fun without making it. Um, something that's focused in on as a negative thing all the time that you dread yeah I am you know you talked about April about you started looking at what you could add to it yeah you know and like even paying attention for me I think in doing that I'm more aware of how something makes me feel now yeah like so the foods that I choose not to eat like I'm not choosing them because like you said I've labeled it bad right but it's more so like I've I didn't notice before that hey this actually makes me feel really sick when I eat it or like Mm -hmm. I for days I don't feel I feel like my stomach feels upset or like whatever and again it's not that that's bad or like this was junk food and this is whatever like some of it's actually like good things but Mm -hmm. it makes you so much more in tune and aware of your body and not just like coasting and not paying attention you know exactly or just you're honoring it really exactly and not just like listening to like I don't know the random fad diet is maybe that doesn't work for you but you know the only result is that you lose weight but what about everything else like is it giving you energy is it even satisfying that's it that's irritable are you irritable are you you sleeping well stop yeah (laughs) 
And also, I just want to add, of course, like if you have medical issues, like Miss Vicky mentioned, like totally understand that. I'm I'm not talking about that. Do it is really good for your body. I'm just talking about um, that normal kind of like restrictive like oh I can't eat this because of this type of way but of course if you're diabetic or something else Mm. I totally want you to be healthy that's (laughs) part of listening to your body yeah obviously it wouldn't make you feel good as a diabetic to eat certain things I love what I think Michaela yesterday when we were kind of just sitting around bouncing things off I think it was you who said something about, you know, when we eat and sometimes you feel bloated, you know, and how sometimes people can really say, you know, well, I'm not going to eat that because it's just going to make me bloated and feel big and heavy. But so what? Yeah. Your body's digesting. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, what, the, that's yeah. what it's in your stomach It's just for. a normal yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just a normal thing. And it, it really, truly, I'm going to say this, uh, and, and no shade to anybody, but Spanx are evil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Spanx. Have a Spanx burning party. <laughs> Well, I do want to bring in Michaela um, as we, you know, just wrap this conversation up. But she loves fitness and has fallen in love with fitness and has also fallen in love with teaching people how to love fitness. Lots of loves in there. Um, (laughs) So as someone who loves to help people gain a healthy view of movement, um, how has that been and and what's that process been like? Personally, I think um, I gained a lot of victory whenever I shifted from trying to reach a certain aesthetic goal and realizing that movement was like literally so much more like everything more than that. You know, obviously um, your body will respond to um, movement in a positive way, whether that mean that you sleep better, that your Mm -hmm. adrenal system starts kicking in, that your hormones are balanced, that um, you are actually you know, feel energy to be with your kids and your family. Um, It's all about nourishment. And so I think that's where it's like marrying, you know, why do you eat? Well, you eat, you know, put more on your plate to be nourished, to have energy. You put certain things on your plate to be nourished. And the same thing is like we move our bodies in order to be to be stronger, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatever strong looks like for you, whether that means walking or, you know, being in the gym, whatever, because anything that you hate, you're not going to like that just sounds like a horrible existence to be like, this is the thing I hate the most and I'm just going to do it every single day. Like, why would you do that? (laughs) And most of the time people don't or they do, but it's like they're, they have like a really unhealthy view of discipline where it's not, uh, discipline is not a delight. It's a punishment, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we don't, you know, the, the thing that I talk to my clients about and just even with me is like that I consistently remind myself is I'm not punishing myself. I'm not punishing myself for celebrating with so friends good. and eating a wonderful meal that I love cooking, yummy food, healthy, and, you know, what people would view as like really savory, yummy food. Yeah. Um, and I'm not punishing myself the next day in the gym. I'm loving my body. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is the biggest key is just coming at it just like everyone talked about from an angle of love. Mm-hmm. So good. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michaela, and just everyone for sharing your stories and your thoughts. And for those of you who are listening, um, I do have a little bit of homework for you. (laughs) So I loved homework. I don't know about you. But anyways, 
Um, I just want you to begin asking God how he wants you to love your body well. Um, I believe he has a lot of things to say, and I think we should listen all personally and, you know, maybe turn off or unfollow people that get you into a, a bad um, thought pattern about your body and what it should look like and really tune into what God has to say because, I mean, he really does have – have um, something to say about your body. He made it and he knows every cell and every hair on your head. So he knows. So I would love you to just really um, lean into that. And we would love to meet you also in the Facebook group and have more conversations about how you view your body, your history with how you view your body and treat your body. And and we'll be sharing as well. Um, So I love this conversation and I pray it caused you to reflect on your own view of your God-given body. Um, Also, if you haven't joined our All on the Table Facebook group and you're trying to figure out how, you can click the link in our podcast description and it'll take you right there. Um, We're on this journey together and we invite you to the table. Pull up a seat. You can sit with us. (laughs) So thank you for joining us and we'll see you at the table next time. Bye.